This is episode number 13 of the School of Success podcast series with the amazing and truly inspiring Melanie Flood, nutritionist and leading expert in women's hormonal health with a specific focus on the perimenopause. Welcome to the School of Success podcast series. My name is Melanie Pritchard, former lawyer turned success coach and corporate wellbeing trainer. And each month, we bring you an inspiring person and message to help you discover the tools for creating happiness in the widest sense. Jack Leland said, exercise is king, nutrition is queen. Put them together and you've got a kingdom. Linus Pauling said, good nutrition will prevent 95% of all disease. I have a very special guest on today's podcast episode, Melanie Flood, nutritionist and female hormone expert on a mission to help women in their 40s struggling with hormones and perimenopause to achieve balance so that they can feel energized and empowered to be their best selves in all aspects of their lives. On today's episode, we'll be discussing top tips for losing weight fast and staying healthy, the worst consequences of a bad diet, the surprising and often overlooked subtle symptoms of the perimenopause, the six pillars to well-being essential to overall happiness and health, and the strong link between what we eat and our mental health. We'll also be discussing whether supplements actually make a difference or are something of a myth. How you can engage in a diet without depriving yourself. Why you shouldn't always believe everything a doctor tells you. And an essential toolkit to a healthy breakfast and beyond. I hope you guys are as excited as I was talking to Mel. So without further ado, let me introduce you to the one, the only, Melanie Flood. I'm absolutely thrilled to have the lovely Melanie Flood on the School of Success podcast today. Welcome to the show, Mel. Thank you so much for having me, Mel. I feel really humbled to have been invited. Oh, well, it's always lovely to connect with you, the two Mel's back together. So um, just to give everyone a, a disclaimer, Mel and I actually met at BPP Law School, not on the student side, on the career coaching side, didn't we? So yeah, um, no, it seems a long time ago now, but no, it's great, great to work together. Exactly. So very lucky to have met and have both gone into, well, similar but different fields. So I won't preempt what Mel's going to share with us. I'm so excited to talk to her because I know pretty much zero about this field and I know that I have a lot to learn. Um, so I'm really happy that you're here. So let's jump straight in, Mel. Would you like to give um, us a little summary about you and what you actually do? Yeah, sure thing. Um, so yeah, as you say, I'm Melanie. I'm a registered nutritionist and a qualified health coach. Um, and I help women or, or men, but uh, mainly my clients are women that are struggling with hormonal balance, um, particularly during the per perimenopause years so that they can feel energized and empowered and to be the best version of themselves in all aspects of their life. Wow, I want a piece of that cake. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> I probably fall somewhere into the perimenopause, but we'll, we'll come into that um, a little yeah. bit later, Mel. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and how did you get there, Mel? I'm intrigued. It sounds like a really interesting and quite niche area. Well, I don't know how long 
you got? <laughs> as long as you I'll need. And... <laughs> um, well, so for many years, a lot of my adult career was spent, um, as you mentioned, uh, working as a careers coach. I, I actually headed up a law school, um, at, uh, at headed up a career service within a law school at BPP. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I, I really enjoyed the coaching side of things and motivating and empowering the students to, to reach their potential. Um, but dur- and during that time, I was lucky enough to have my three children, but in very quick succession, there's sort of only 20 months between them, um, which uh, however joyous they were, they did leave me very depleted. Yeah. I was really exhausted uh, and much more than say my friends seemed to be and just felt like I was spending my days sort of wading through treacle um wow so eventually went to um get some blood tests done and uh, my sort of iron levels were on the floor like so I was anemic um they prescribed me some iron tablets which I now know were not the best um absorbable form of iron um they cause lots of gut issues um and yeah, I, I used to take them with my morning cup of coffee, and I now know that that inhibits the absorption of iron. So oh my it really gosh. Wasn't, wasn't the best thing. And I, so I just, I might have picked up a bit, but I just, just generally didn't feel great. And in fact, just went on to feel, started suffering from quite chronic anxiety, um, having quite a lot of gut issues. And it was sort of a self-perpetuating cycle. The more anxious I got, the worse my gut got. And then the worse my gut got, the worse my anxiety got Hmm. so went back to the gp again um this time was prescribed some antidepressants and i was like well okay but i don't really feel depressed i didn't feel um that that was the issue i certainly had this anxiety but i didn't feel depressed anyway cut a long story short eventually i had some further blood tests and went to see um an endocrinologist which is um that specializes in hormone stuff and was diagnosed with uh, an auto, a thyroid autoimmune condition okay. uh, Graves' disease, um, which is where your thyroid is quite hyper. And it would have explained a lot of the symptoms that I was having. So the tiredness and the anxiety, um, like the, my, the, my gut issues that I was ha- experiencing. Um, and then I was given some medication, but it, it, it was a short-term sort of thing that you could take, and it was really quite toxic. And so that's when I started to look into my diet and lifestyle, because really, if this medication didn't work, they were going to have to do more severe things like, you know, sort of radiate my, my thyroid and things. So I didn't want that. Hmm. And so started investigating. Um, you know, I love to cook anyway. I really enjoyed um, experimenting with food. Um, so anyway, looked into it and I then had the opportunity to retrain. And so I went um, to the College of Naturopathic Medicine, um, which is uh, where I did a naturopathic nutrition course for three years, um, which was pretty intense. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Yeah. Um, and that's where I qualified as a nutritional therapist. And I now can you know, manage my autoimmune thyroid condition with my diet and lifestyle um and yeah i basically hope to empower people to do the same with whatever conditions they are are suffering with um i hope to support them with that with the diet and lifestyle medicine that's incredible it's such an inspiring story so how how do you feel today mel versus when you went to the doctor and he gave you those iron pills yeah i mean totally different um you know and that can be a, a range for a range of reasons but you know, my diet now is so much better. I'm, I'm not, 
but I am a realist. I'm not like eating this super clean diet all the time. Yeah. I very much follow a sort of 80-20 approach, 80% of the time if you're good, 20% of the time, you know, enjoy those those treats. You know, life is for living. And so all my protocols and things that I the way I work with clients are, are realistic it's not yeah these sort of baddie diets they're, they're long-term um programs really to to help people so yeah, yeah I do feel um you know a different person really that's amazing and I mean as I said to you I until now I'm learning from you didn't really know anything about diet but I've always found you and your brand so approachable obviously knowing you from law school but oh, even like your website and your pictures on Instagram just the, the kind of food shots that you post are so colourful and appealing. It doesn't look like like it's kind of going to deplete you, like you're cutting stuff out. It looks attractive. I'm like, oh, what's that? How do I make it? And even the way oh, that... But you yourself embody... Um, it's not just the diet, is it? You're really healthy. You're really into fitness. You make it look actually attractive, which, trust me, for me, that's a big deal. You almost <laughs> make me want to go out walking and running. Um oh. Good. I mean, yeah, it's all about crowding your diet out with the good stuff so that there's less room, I suppose, for you to be reaching for, mm. the, for the things that won't be nourishing your body as much as, uh, as the good things. Absolutely. Well, there's so much good stuff you said in there that I want to ask you about. But I'd like to start with what you said about going to the doctor and at some point being prescribed antidepressants. So one thing I hadn't realised until I listened to, I think, a delicious, deliciously Ella podcast some time ago is the link between mental health and diet. I mean, I had no idea. I'd love to know a yeah. bit more about that, Mel. Oh, yeah, there's such a such a connection. Like, you know, um, how we're feeling, like that gut feeling and butterflies in our stomach affect our, our brain health. And, yeah, there's, I mean, a lot of... I'm reading a really interesting book at the moment about inflammation within your body. So, say, if you're suffering from arthritic pain and the impact that that can have on, on your brain health. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like... So, so you want to be basically bringing that inflammation down and uh, following an anti-inflammatory diet. I love the um, principles of the Mediterranean diet. They are filled mm. with really um, colourful, uh, nutritious fruit and vegetables. And all the different colours actually provide a different phytochemical within your body. So whether that's an antioxidant um, and it might be antimicrobial, antibacterial, um, all these really good benefits. So when people wow. say eating the rainbow, you know, of colours, it's just so important. It's like such a simple thing, but it will just provide your body with lots of uh, different uh, phytochemicals that will that will benefit you. Wow. I mean, that's language I can understand. Let's eat the rainbow. Let's all move to Greece. I hope that comes yes. in your package. <laughs> a boot camp in Greece to experience the true Absolutely. Mediterranean. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, the Mediterranean diet is successful not just for the diet side of things, I, I personally think. I yeah. mean, there's loads and loads of studies, but I do think the whole lifestyle out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> getting that vitamin D from all the sun. Absolutely. Um, it's definitely going to benefit us. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, the British weather doesn't uh, doesn't help always. No, I read a really inspiring article about a Brit who moved to Greece last night, and I sort of found myself fantasising wildly about what she was talking about. It sounded quite wonderful. So Mel, um, as you've said, you know, you felt the impact of not having the right um, support, really. And obviously, there are some quite serious downsides of not having the right diet. What, what are some of the downsides or the pain points that you see in clients that you can expect if people aren't, you know, getting the right sort of nutrition? 
Yeah, I mean, a massive one. And it's, again, a sort of simple one. It's just feeling really low energy, feeling really fatigued all the time. Yeah. Um, that can be an issue. I definitely see a lot of clients with low mood, anxiety, depression, mm. um, the, the sort of mood swings as well, um, and PMS uh, symptoms. They might be experiencing... Um, brain fog that lack of clarity where you're needing to you know often I'm seeing women in their 40s at the sort of peak of their careers and they're just finding it all these things that they were able to do so easily yeah. just feeling really foggy about it all um, yeah and which is then causing anxiety I bet um, you know simple things like headaches and migraines um, but I mean a massive reason that anyone would come to see me because I think they can see the they can associate um, it with seeing a nutritionist is, is gut issues. So mm -hmm. sort of IBS symptoms, constipation, diarrhea, um, but also things like poor skin, like acne is a common one. Um, and diet can really be quite impactful on that. Wow. Um, you know, poor hair and um, <clears throat> hair thinning. So thi thyroid issues are quite common. And then also um, autoimmune conditions. So obviously I've got an autoimmune condition, so it's an area of interest, but, actually do a bit of freelance work for another nutritionist and her um sort of niche is autoimmune and chronic undiagnosed conditions so i've been exposed to a lot of cases with her and that's a, another fascinating area and um mm. yeah one that's yeah deeply interesting wow they sound complex i mean and like you sort of alluded to easy to misunderstand like here have antidepressants actually no that's not what's really going on here Oh, absolutely. And it's so common, particularly with my sort of niche of the perimenopause, where um, it is really common to be experiencing anxiety, low mood, yeah. mood swings. And often doctors um, will, will give antidepressants. And, you know, there is a time and a place for pharmaceutical medication. I'm not anti that at all. And I will, you know, work, work with GPs um, alongside um, but often it's not actually getting to the root cause and yes. nutritional therapy is all about getting to the root cause because otherwise you're just essentially putting a sticking plaster over things um, and they're likely to come back and and certainly say with the anxiety a lot of um, uh, things can be going on in the gut I was reading a really interesting uh, study um, it's quite a crude study in a way because it, it was um, looking at germ-free mice. So i.e. they didn't have any um, gut bacteria mm -hmm. and they could, could assess how they did this, but they could see that the amygdala in, in, your in their brains was larger. Mm -hmm. And that is an area that helps to control um, emotions. And it, it, it basically was proving that um, the gut microbiome has a massive impact on your brain health. Wow. Um, there's a vagus nerve that connects your brain to your gut. Um, and so, you know, there is this massive connection. So what you're eating, the, your gut microbiome and the impact uh, on your brain health. Um, mm. And we might, might might talk about it later, but I do a lot of um, a gut testing, which is stool tests um, that really brings up interesting um, insights into how your microbiome is looking and the balance wow. of the different bacteria. And, you know, if you're low in, in one, so I saw, um, was reading recently about the, the, a reduction in a bacteria called Akkermansia um, is associated with obesity, but you could then um, sort of help repopulate that particular um, species of bacteria 
um, with, uh, with other strains. And so sort of very much um, targeting probiotics towards uh, the different um, conditions that somebody might be uh, suffering with. Wow. It's really powerful. It's really, um, and, that, and that to me is definitely getting to the root root cause. Yeah. This is and seriously, yeah. yeah. Sorry. That's all right, Mel, go ahead. I like to consider like the gut, like the microbiome, a bit like a, a garden. Like your flowers aren't going to grow um, and be really bright and colourful and vibrant without the, the correct soil. So you're yeah. wanting to get the soil of your, your gut in, in yeah. good condition that will then um, sort of help your whole body, yeah. but also, also your mind as well. I love that about you because you make it easy, like the way you describe it. it sounds really silly, but I'm not a scientist. I love the fact that your course was challenging. And, and I love the fact that you're actually really scientific and you work with doctors. It gives you a real gravitas. Um, but I also like the way that you can break things down into noddy language, like eat the rainbow and, you know, like the garden metaphor. That's something I can get behind. And I think that's what yeah. a lot of people actually need because it's quite intimidating, like chemicals. I'm not a chemist. I don't understand anything about, you know, you know, the more the more complex scientific aspects of nutrition and diet. So, yeah, it's helpful. absolutely. I mean, it was certainly a challenge when I uh, was studying. Um, uh, I've never considered myself a scientist. You know, I didn't do science mm -hmm. sort of subjects at, um, for A-level or um, for my first degree. But um, but actually, it's been it, it's so fascinating and it just it all makes sense. It all connects up. Totally. Um, so, um, it's like you're filling yeah. in the gaps that um maybe sometimes other professionals ice over mm, which is yeah. really exciting so there's a lot there's a lot more i want to ask you you said so many interesting things there but could we just rewind back to the perimenopause because i know i know you don't just help people who are perimenopausal i know you help other people but i feel like the menopause is something or the perimenopause is something that has a lot of mystery around it and often people are quite shocked by the impact almost like there's a bit of stigma i'd love you to sort of explain a bit yeah, more about sure. what it is i mean um i think it's quite a new terminology in a way um so that the menopause is actually one point in time it's the it's the annual anniversary um so it's when you haven't had your period for, for 12 months so mm -hmm. it's that one day and that represents that you are in menopause mm -hmm. um and then the perimenopause is all the years that that are leading up to that and quite honestly, it can be sort of 10 to 15 years um, that you can be leading up to the um, to the menopause. And that's when you start to, to perhaps experience um, changes in your hormonal balance. So mm. your sort of estrogen, progesterone and testosterone start to either, you know, just basically come out of balance. And, and mm. that can be impacted by um, cortisol, your stress hormone, but also your thyroid hormone. So they're all really interlinked. And mm -hmm. so you might balance out all your sort of sex hormones, i.e. The, the estrogen, testosterone and progesterone. But if you're not focusing on um, stress management techniques and balancing out your cortisol, mm -hmm. uh, cortisol will override everything. Um, so it's so important to look at all the different hormones. Um, but so, yes, I'm sort of getting, a, getting into too much there, but it, it basically is a period of time leading up to that end date of the menopause. And, yeah, I mean, I guess there is a stigma attached to it because, um, you know, it can be quite, uh, um, what's the word, sort of 
people can feel quite sad because it's it, it's them moving towards the end of your fertile years. Yeah. Whereas for others, it can be quite a relief that that those yeah. those days are done, and you know, <laughs> right. so it um, it is quite an emotive time. But and I think a lot of uh, women may have seen their own mothers really suffering, and um, you know. <laughs> it can be a difficult difficult time that people can sort of dread but actually mm. there are so many things that you can do with diet and lifestyle and particularly if you want to go down testing um hormones and gut stuff that that can help support mm. um, but there's no reason that you shouldn't have a successful perimenopause and menopause and you know i'm not um anti-hrt at all there's some really good sort of bioidentical hormone um stuff that the gps um or private doctors can prescribe and and that can work really well alongside um, diet and lifestyle um, me- measures as well. Okay, brilliant. So, so Mel, with the perimenopause, so am I right thinking so that's the kind of lead up to the menopause when your periods actually stop and you may have yes. some more subtle signs and symptoms that you may not realise are related to that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And even the GPs, as I was saying, because you might go, you know, you, often women in their early 40s can can experience sort of mental health issues um and are often prescribed antidepressants that's quite common when actually they've got a hormonal imbalance that's interesting do you think some people because if if that was me i might be perimenopausal who knows um you might think oh is this a midlife crisis you know men sort of maybe misunderstand it as other things or like i'm just overworking i'm tired of working hard when actually like you say it could be something to do with your hormones and imbalances and other things yeah for sure and i mean Women in their 40s, which is when you, it's common to start the perimenopause, I think, you know, the menopause, I think the average is, is age 51, um, but, you know, it can go to the to late 50s. But so generally speaking, you're experiencing the perimenopause in your 40s. And it's often mm-hmm. at a time where you might be looking after aging parents, you might have teenagers in the household, yeah. you're trying to balance your career um so yeah. it, it is often a really challenging period for women they're, they're juggling a lot of plates as it were absolutely and especially today's women it's i've noticed that and i'm sure you have mel i look at um even my friends with children and sometimes like my dad's generation are like god their husbands are so good they're so hands-on and to them it's it's something deeply admirable um but obviously to us it's like well of course they need to be because most of my female friends are working as well so the roles have changed so much it must be quite a minefield as a woman now in a sense um more confusing if you're going through the menopause because there are probably so many potential triggers for how you're feeling whether it's work or your children or a big mortgage because you know maybe people get bigger mortgages because there's a double income today so i can imagine it could be quite confusing totally right and um so some some of our mothers um you know would have sailed through the menopause much more easily because there wasn't the challenges that we are experiencing um in this day and age and yeah. it's not like we would want to change that particularly because it's um been really liberating for women to be able to have have it all in a way um, yeah but it is there's there's always a balance and um totally and it's so important to prioritize your self-care um for absolutely sure. so is because of the perimenopause and because that can be quite subtle like um Obviously, if you hit the menopause, you know if your period stop or something's changing. But you know, um, how do you sort of proact? How does it work? Because the perimenopause presumably can be quite subtle. So, do you sort of proactively help 
you know, you hit the menopause, it's more of a, oh, Mel, help me, this is clearly going on. It's more of a maybe a reactive service. So do you sort of provide like a sort of proactive, slightly different service for perimenopausal women or like talk me through your, yeah. how it works? Yeah, I mean, um, for sure, like people, there are <laughs> clients that I see that come to me and just want to optimise their health. Hmm. Um, although generally speaking, people will come because they're suddenly suffering from, I don't know, joint pains or hot flushes or okay. um, headaches, uh, the low mood um, or the weight gain is common because that's common um, during the menopausal or perimenopausal years. Um, so interesting. it's lovely if clients do come before they're experiencing any of those things, but I just think it's the nature of, um, of how we are that we generally react to, to things rather than be proactive. Yeah, absolutely, um, it's it, true. But it's lovely. But I think, you know, in the 20s and 30s, you can get away with it, basically. Mm-hmm. But then it all starts to slightly <clears throat> catch up with you. If you've had <laughs> yes. um, a poor lifestyle or, um, you know, your diet's been quite rubbish. She suddenly hits a point where it becomes much more difficult to, to keep that going, basically. Totally. And I know um, <clears throat> I know that you go into companies, Mel, and do workshops sort of, you know, raising awareness and all sorts around this. And I'm really glad that you do because I've sometimes gone into companies and around mental health training and women who are menopausal have mentioned how stressful it is and often there's a sense of confusion in the room especially from men because it's not something that men necessarily or women are we're just not educated on it all we know is no, menopause equals it, period stop yeah but i often say to my husband you know you've got to learn about it as well because yeah. you know most men not all but obviously are living with um with women that might be going through it and i think having an understanding is mm. so key um totally and uh, and you know and within the workplace you know we're all working generally speaking with male and female and um it, it, it's so important i mean yeah. even the men go through some sort of male menopause as well and with reduced testosterone and that mm. and that can lead to symptoms like um uh, mood disorders uh mm. reduced libido um mus- muscle decline and things like that and there's oh. certainly things that we can do to, to help with that as well. I bet there'll be lots of women signing up then. You <laughs> mentioned some of those problems. But actually, that's vital because you might think if you're in a relationship, oh, you know, my husband doesn't fancy me anymore and it might have yeah. nothing to do with you. Or if someone's aggressive and you think, you know, what's their problem? This nasty bastard. Yeah. But actually, they're just vulnerable and that's their way of expressing yeah. stress. Yeah, definitely. And for men, it's difficult because I think there's that culture that they can't possibly go and see somebody um, about a declining sex drive or yeah. um, they're just, you know, lacking motivation. And of, and yeah. it's so often just a reduce, reduction in testosterone. And, you know, yeah. as I say, with the um, these bioidentical hormones, there's, there's things <clears> that we can do. You know, we're living so much longer. We need to um, be protecting ourselves, um, our heart health, our bones, our muscles, everything. It's, it's so important. Absolutely. And something I really liked, um, <clears throat> I was surprised about Mel, I didn't know what to expect when I spoke to you in terms of what you do, but I know you do like, you know, stool testing and look into gut health. And I remember you mentioned also genetic testing. Yeah, so um, in fact, actually, I'm doing a really interesting um, course. So um, I work with a company called Life Code GX, and they're a genetic health company. And it's all about the power of um, nutrients and uh, lifestyle measures um, to help work with the sort of genetic code that you've been given. So you, it's a really simple test. You just, um, it's a salivary test. You get a swab um, of your saliva and, you know, mm-hmm. you can do it when you're two years old and you can do it when you're 80 years old. It will be the same whenever. So I, I do think there'll be a come a time where um, hopefully in the future where everyone knows their genetic code and, 
um, we can then work wow. with clients um, with that information to um, sort of up level their their lives to, to, to support any sort of they're called SNPs the single nucleotide polymorphisms it's a bit of a mouthful wow <laughs> it's where you've got um, a slight change in the code that isn't perhaps uh the, the most normal code but it doesn't mean it's necessarily bad mm -hmm. but there's maybe things that you can do so for example i just give an example of myself when i did it it showed that um my vitamin d receptors were not working very effectively and so therefore it's important that i am supplementing i mean everyone should supplement vitamin d um, during the winter months in the uk but you know I might be needing a higher level because my receptors aren't as um, sensitive I see. As, as they should be. I see. So that's just an example. And actually, it also showed that I don't um, convert um, beta carotene. It converts to vitamin A and vitamin A um, is important for so many things. Um, and it showed, you know, that I was um, really bad. I just basically couldn't convert. And so it's important that I was getting actual um, vitamin A sources from meat and uh, liver and things like that wow. which um so why a vegan diet wouldn't really be that beneficial for me and um, <laughs> yeah it was it's really interesting the, the stuff that you could um find out and as i said i'm doing this course with them at the moment which is really diving deeper into it and, fascinating uh, yeah it's, it's a new area but i look forward to working with clients um using wow. their genetic code i love the idea of having some sort of profile that unearths stuff you know you can't we didn't know what goes on, on inside our bodies or what our supplement deficiencies are vitamin deficiencies no. so Mel, you obviously mentioned there um obviously different foods have different um vitamins within them what are your thoughts around supplements or do you believe that you can get what you need from food or do some people you know is there an argument for supplements and vitamins i'm never really sure whether it's bullshit or not yeah, yeah you, you get different views on this um my view um is always food first but I do think, um, you know, our soils are quite depleted. We're not getting the levels of nutrients that we um, once did. Um, they, you know, the soils have been sort of so overly uh, worked in a way. Um, so, you know, so, you know, generally speaking, a lot of people's magnesium is quite low. Um, or say, if you've got a thyroid condition, you need to ensure you've got um, good selenium levels. And that's, you know, um, quite difficult. So um it there is a time and a place for supplementing but they are a supplement they shouldn't be okay i'll just carry on with my previous life i'll eat what i want it's I fine see. i'm taking a multivitamin <laughs> yes yeah that's not how it works yes yes um, exactly <laughs> i just had a flashback to a friend of mine who's um quite a booze hound <laughs> he'll sort of you know have like eight massive rabbit sized vitamins in the morning and i'll be like i'm not sure they're going to work you've probably still got so much booze in your system i don't think it works absolutely. like this. yeah no absolutely and you want to be taking them at the right time and yeah. um you know that's why it's really important i mean obviously supplements can be bought by anybody and you can go in and you know go to boots or wherever and get them but i mean a you get what you pay for with supplements and they vary massively yeah um and that's why it's really great if you can work with a qualified nutritionist who can really advise you on the best supplements that will suit you and to also give you advice on when to take them like yeah. a bit like going back to me being given those iron tablets um and I, I was not told when to take them and i was just taking them with my coffee which inhibits the absorption of iron so yeah exactly um, 
you know, so that's the benefit of working with somebody so that you're optimizing. So you're not basically weighing out all these expensive supplements that you've bought. Oh, exactly. Optimizing them. So yeah, there um, is a bit of a minefield. Yeah. That sounds like a, a real um, niche that you're working yeah, in there. I think it's, and particularly for vegetarians and vegans, you know, um, they will be missing out on certain nutrients like your B12. Um, and, it, and, and it is important. They might be low in omega-3 as well, which is really important for brain health, um, mm -hmm. inflammation and joints and whatnot. So it, it is important that people um, supplement in, in the right cases, basically. Absolutely. And um, <clears throat> as you say, Mel, you're a nutritionist and a health coach. And I know that you very much embody both, you know, good diet, but also fitness and wider health. So and I know you've mentioned the six pillar plan. How do you work with clients across both sides? Is it just diet or is it wider lifestyle? Yeah, I do. I mean, nutritional therapy, that's what I qualified as a naturopathic nutritional therapist. But um, it's a bit of a misnomer because it goes so much beyond beyond diet. And that's why my strap line on the on my website is nutrition and lifestyle medicine. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I do follow this um, six pillar sort of philosophy when I work. Uh, with clients and um are you happy for me just to talk through yeah i'd love you to i'd love to hear about it is. so that's um so these six pillars are sort of diet uh recharging cleansing mindset movement and synergy and just to briefly talk about each one so obviously the diet is is working on whatever your symptoms are to ensure that you're nourishing yourself um, and uh, to ensure that your diet is um, going to support the conditions that you've got, basically, so that you can move into a sort of thriving state and um, feel empowered. Mm -hmm. And But it's also a lot about how you're eating. Um, it's really underestimated the importance of chewing your food mm. um, and how that then kickstarts the whole process um, of digestion um, in your stomach through to the pancreas, releasing its enzymes to, to, to digest and absorb. So... Um, I will talk to clients about that. Mm -hmm. um, um, so then recharging is, is emphasizing the importance of rest and re restoration um, and sleep hygiene, the importance of sleep again. Oh. You know, so that might be something that somebody comes to see me about because um, there's a lot that you can do diet wise um, to support sleep. Um, then there's this the cleansing um, pillar, which is all about detoxification. So um this can be detoxification of, of foods but also uh, and supporting that but it's also really what i'm thinking about here is is the importance of clean living um and the products that you're using on your skin in your hair the stuff that you're using to wash your clothes using in the dishwasher mm. all those sorts of things can actually have a massive impact on um on your health they wow. can particularly if i talk about um perimenopause clients um a lot of uh, these environmental chemicals can act as sort of xenoestrogen so they have an estrogenic effect on your body um which can tilt your hormones out of balance okay. um, they also can disrupt your microbiome um and that which is where certain hormones are made so it's it shouldn't be underestimated the importance of of your environment wow. um then there's the mindset pillar, which is um, all about stress management um, to ensure sort of calmness and clarity in, in your life. I mean, you could have the healthiest diet out there, 
But if your stress isn't managed um, mm -hmm. and your cortisol is put in check, your, your stress hormone, um, you know, you, you're not going to benefit from that healthy diet. Absolutely. So we'd look at that. Um, then I would look at movement. And this doesn't need to be like, doesn't necessarily mean hitting the gym like three times a week and exhausting yourself. It's finding the right movement that, that works for you, um, whether that's, you know, going out for walks in nature, um, doing some yoga or doing some weight training or, or, or whatever. Um, walks in nature sound doable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you don't want to be signing up to do something that you're not enjoying and that doesn't fit part, as part of your lifestyle. It's it's working, down, working out a way to introduce some movement into your days. Um, that's going to last long term yeah and then the final pillar is a is synergy which is basically about finding it's a mind body connection what's your sense of purpose in life what's your why why are you doing this um why you know why why do you want to get up and um, have all the energy in the world um yeah. what it what is your sense of purpose and I mean, often with perimenopausal women, we've got too much purpose. We've got too many, you know, yeah. children to look after, parents to look after. Um, mm -hmm. And it's it's actually finding some sort of spirituality that's going to, to support um, a healthy sort of mind-body connection. Wow, I love the way so, you take a real 3D approach. It's not just diet. Yeah, so that, <clears throat> yes. And I think people are often surprised at that. So um, I do like to sort of tell clients in advance that it is it is that sort of approach and it isn't just diet and you know Definitely. people need to be committed to to, to making changes for yes successful exactly sure. that's definitely key isn't it ready for change but i also like the fact that um because i think one of the problems with diets or that not that i've ever really dieted much i should do really post pandemic um is you know being unrealistic thinking i need to cut out everything you know carbs chocolate no joy but it seems to me that you you're you're very realistic. That's something that's that I like about you. It's you know if you yeah, if you need I mean, to get healthy. Yeah, that's never gonna work. Yeah. yeah, you know a diet. I don't even like the word diet because it sounds so like like it must mean that you're cutting stuff out. Yeah. But, um, I like to think of you know it's a way of life. You want to stuff that I suggest to clients. Okay, there are sometimes short term measures that need to be taken place, but you know I ultimately I want uh, clients to to take away stuff that's going to be long term and yeah won't feel like a diet it's just that that's their way of life brilliant um, something much more sustainable and um Mel obviously post I mean I can certainly speak for myself and many of my friends post pandemic and post Christmas a lot of us have just got those pounds that we want to shed <laughs> even if people say you look great it's like yes but I'm still seven pounds overweight um do you have any top tips sort of top new years or post pandemic tips for people like I know there's no quick fix but you know, if someone wanted to get try and get healthier over the next couple of weeks, are there any sort of headline tips yeah. that you would suggest? Yeah, for sure. I mean, this could be a whole podcast in itself, so I'll yeah. try and keep it um, keep it brief. But um, one of the main things I would say with uh, with weight is ensuring your blood sugar is in balance. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by this is any sort of um, carbohydrate foods that you eat, whether that's bread, pasta. Uh, pastries also sort of root vegetables and such um any sort of carbohydrate is broken down into into your um into your body uh, as glucose and in, in within your body 
you're only allowed, your body only wants a certain amount of glucose in the blood. Mm -hmm. And so when you eat these sugary foods, it stimulates your pancreas to release insulin, which is, which enables your um, body to take the glucose into the cell for energy, basically. But if you're eating really sugary foods or um, high sort of GI uh, foods, it will spike your blood sugar, cause a surge of insulin to be released. Um, the, the, the glucose is then taken into the cell and then you feel, oh gosh, I feel like I need another sugary snack because yeah. your, your blood glucose is actually really low. Right. And it's sort of basically, you're riding a bit of a blood sugar roller coaster. Yeah. Um, but the thing to mention really is that insulin is a fat storage hormone. So anything, any excess of the blood glucose that you're not using for energy will st be stored as fat. Right. So for years and years, people thought fat was the culprit and that was why they were getting fat. Mm -hmm. But um, it's, it, it is down to um, not always, but a lot of um, cases of, of carrying an uh, carrying an extra few pounds is, is due to um, not keeping your blood sugar in balance. And so that's basically ways of doing it. Does that make sense? You know, it does make sense. Um, so what would be the kind of top way to do that, Mel? Like if I wanted to... Therefore, you want to be um, introducing more slower release carbohydrates. So okay. swapping your white bread, white pasta, white rice, whatever, for, for either brown versions okay. or um, or vegetables. Okay. Um, but to eat them alongside um, good amounts of protein and healthy fats. Okay. So protein... I mean, it, it's absolutely vital for all sorts of functions in your body. Um, it's, it's associated, isn't it, with men, like weight training. But, yeah. You know, it makes hormones, it makes enzymes, it contributes to bone health, muscles, everything. Um, um, you know, it helps your immune system. You need the, the protein. So okay. um, having some good quality protein, whether that's in the form of um, some meat or fish or legumes like beans and lentils mm. um, with each meal is really important and particularly at breakfast that's an area that people generally oh. skip uh, they might have a bowl of cereal which is basically a bowl of, of <laughs> sugar because it yeah. just basically breaks down to sugar in your body so if you're having some you know good proteins good fats they're going to make you feel satiated you're going to feel fuller for longer mm. um okay so that will then stop you reaching for the um sort of the sugar sugary snacks for sure i'm literally updating uh, my shopping list as you speak so what would be the the ideal breakfast mel because you mentioned sort of protein did you mention protein yeah. in breakfast um well um there's protein smoothies which are lovely mm. um so you can you know stuff your blender with loads of um veggies like spinach mm. or kale or celery or cucumber anything goes yeah um and put in some nice slow release fruits alongside that such as um uh, some frozen berries or um, mm -hmm. um an apple um or kiwi is a nice one um okay or pears sorry i'm going off on one no this is great i'm writing this down for myself <laughs> i'm literally like right supermarket this afternoon <laughs> so having a higher ratio of um veggies for sure because okay. uh, they're more slow release <clears throat> But you need some of the sweetness. I mean, over time, I I've definitely lowered the sort of sweeter fruits because my I've been, you know my taste buds have adjusted. Yeah. And then using a good quality protein powder um, within that, um, 
or you can add things such as hemp, um, flaxseed or chia seeds, which act as a protein as well. Mm, um, those sorts of things. And I use um, either a sort of a nut milk, like an almond milk or a hazelnut milk as a base. Um, or you can use like a cold um, herbal tea as a base. Or you can just use water. Wow. Um, I like the variety. But it is important to put in the healthy fats like avocado or a bit of coconut oil or nut butter to really you know to make it uh, like sustaining and uh, fulfilling um, okay brilliant so that's one option but other options are um eggs for breakfast any form of eggs like smashed avocado mm. um with some uh, scrambled eggs um does it have to just be egg white or can it just be like the whole egg <laughs> oh whole egg oh good egg. that's lucky yes i prefer that um that they're really you know high in protein um, or, you know, it might sound silly, but if you've got a bit of leftover dinner from the night before, mm-hmm. um, you know, that can often be a great breakfast to have. Yeah. Um, I think we've got in such a culture that it's sort of, you know, we should have cereal or, or toast or something. Very true. But it's very depleting. Um, Absolutely. You know, porridge is another good one. I love Ooh. to give that to, to my kids. Um, and if you stir in a bit of nut butter, then you're getting the healthy fats and protein as well. So. And with nut butter, Mel, is that is that different to like peanut butter? I mean, where, what would you recommend in the best nut butter and the best protein powder? Are there a couple you'd recommend? Uh, yes. So the um, nut butter, um, I love an almond butter. Almond butter is really, I mean, peanuts is fine, but sometimes um, people can uh, have more reactions to that okay. um, in their gut. Um uh, so an almond butter, so pip and nut is a nice make, or yeah. meridian. Great. Um, they're lovely. And then um, for the protein powders, um, the a garden of life is a nice one. Um, like the name. What else? Nutrizing. Um, Brilliant. Yeah, there's a couple. Thanks, Mel. Thank you. You just um, written my shopping list for me, and I'm sure everyone else is. <laughs> January is still here. There's still time to turn things around. It's a good time to do. Th- Sorry. That's all right. I was just going to say, Mel, it's a good time to um, actually take these tips on board because I know a lot of my friends are like, God, I feel so lethargic and demotivated and we're all so tired before Christmas and then January comes and it's like, right, go, 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 be your most driven self. And frankly, oh, it's just it's not so how most people feel. Well, and also it's the time to be nurturing yourself. You know, you shouldn't be living off salads in January. <laughs> Great. I'm glad you say that. You've just reduced my guilt for my three-course meal last night. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, you should be having warming foods, like soups are lovely at this time of year. And oh, you can good. stuff those with veggies, but also um, to make sure you get the protein in that, you know, maybe put in a tin of, um, say, cannoli- cannelloni beans or any oh, sort of beans. Um, or you can even spoon in a bit of nut butter. I am a bit of a nut butter. I can tell. Though. I can tell. It keeps on popping up. It's brilliant. Well, you look great. So you're a good um, poster girl for nut butter. <laughs> I don't see any fat on you whatsoever. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, well, you know, um, I, I, yeah, I do enjoy it. So That's brilliant. Um, so, yeah, no, really n- nourishing your body. You don't want to feel deprived because then that causes stress in your body. And if you raise yeah. your cortisol, it, um, so your cortisol, like when I was talking about the blood sugar, um, raised sort of stress hormones will do the same thing. It will actually cause the release of insulin, um, which is a fat storage hormone. So you yeah. don't want to be... It, it's so important to manage manage your stress totally um, but some other sort of tips um more sort of lifey lifestyle tips um for weight management and some of these i was thinking about this this morning when i had my shower because at the end of my shower i'd switch it over to cold 
Um, so yes. I have a lovely cold shower at the end, but it really stimulates um, uh, your whole metabolism and particularly mm. the mitochondria, which are the sort of energy powerhouse of your cells um, to get your metabolism going. So, you know, that simple thing, and it really does wake you up. Um, yes. That can actually help with, with weight loss. I've heard it's really um, good for mental health. It releases endorphins, even if you feel, you know, sure. this is freezing. Yeah, no, I know, but I find it quite good. I keep every year, I'm like, right, this is the year I'm going to do cold water swimming. It hasn't quite wow. happened, but... Um, <laughs> okay, that's... that's. I, I can start in January. It's too... <laughs> no. You need to be realistic, Mel. As, as we said, yeah. it's all about realism. That's a really good tip, Mel. And re um, the A word... I'll be honest, you know, I can up level life in, you know, healthier habits, but sometimes I do find it hard not to have a glass of wine at the end of a long day. How bad is alcohol yeah. in terms of, well, weight gain? Well, um, it's all in moderation, isn't it? So um, alcohol will stop the absorption of, of lots of um, good stuff that you might be eating. So, but, um, you know, as I say, you don't want to be leading your life really stressed out all the time. I think um, the trouble with alcohol is it basically does break down to, into a sugar within your body. And so See. it doesn't help keep your blood sugar in balance. Um, okay. So it, it's important, I think, um, to, to strike a balance. It, it takes something like 72 hours for your liver to detox alcohol. Wow. So ideally, between having a glass of wine between that and your next glass of wine you would have a break of at least 72 hours so that your body detoxes it properly um, oh that's good to know okay brilliant um yeah and just i think it's easy for us to get into habits of having um alcohol on a daily basis or um thinking or you associate it with a treat at the weekend on a friday and yeah um but it, it's just managing that and and again it's going back to your reason of why say why you want to lose weight what's it going to give you what what mm -hmm. difference is it going to make your life not in the short term but on the long term because yes. you need that i think the new year's resolutions right i'm going to lose a stone or whatever they don't work unless you really drill down to your why um, yeah why you're doing it absolutely time. that's a really good good point mel um, and I know that obviously we've spoken a bit about the perimenopause and the menopause. Um, and you said, you know, you also work with men in that area. And you've mentioned to me previously that you don't obviously just work in those areas. And you've even mentioned sometimes working with children. Yeah, Love to hear so, a bit about that. Um, yeah, I, I, work, I do work with all, all types. I mean, yeah, as I say, my sort of niche is the perimenopause. But um, yeah, I've just re um, recently started working with a 12-year-old um, girl who's um, a potentially being diagnosed as autistic and so that's a whole new area to me but really mm -hmm. fascinating because it does sort of fall under the mental health area which is it's an area that I feel um really really interested in um yes. so yeah it's early days with that client but um we're doing some gut testing because there's a, a lot of association with um what's going on in the gut um uh, as to what's going on in the brain so uh, we shall see on that front. Uh, also doing um, some other tests, which I haven't mentioned, is the organic acid test, which assesses your minerals and vitamin levels uh, wow. for, for certain things. Um, so that will be useful because certain minerals like magnesium, for example, or zinc can be associated with um, with certain mental health conditions. So, wow, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's, um, that's an ongoing case, I guess. I've worked with... Um, 
uh, teenagers as well. Like, um, or I've had a client who was um, experiencing bad acne and associated um, uh, anxiety with that. And that's an area quite close to my heart because I suffered horrendously with my skin as a teenager. Um, And I just so wish I knew what I knew now, um, rather than taking all these antibiotics all the time and uh, really toxic uh, drugs. But with her, it was really great. I mean, she just wanted um, just a bit more education, actually, on 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 diet and um, more diet than lifestyle stuff, actually, with her. But um, but it really like, you know, her diet wasn't really awful, but there was some definite tweaks that we could make. And certainly like um, introducing oily fish into her diet. She wasn't really eating much fish at all. And that's mm-hmm. really important for skin health. Um, ensuring she's got enough zinc rich foods, vitamin A and that, yeah, there were lots of things we did and it really, um, made, made quite a difference within quite a short period of time, actually. Gosh, um, this is so, so exciting. Really nice. Yeah, really nice. I just love the way you kind of make the invisible visible and then come up with sort oh. of bespoke solutions. It's, you're sort of like a magician, really much oh, needed, well. <laughs> I think. It's I'm exciting. Not, I wouldn't go that far, but, um, yeah, well, I mean, as I say, the, the client, um, needs to be on board with you know i can say whatever but unless the client's going to make the changes i can't do it for them basically exactly that's that's key isn't it you've got to want change that's a good tip for people listening thinking you know maybe they want to work with you and do you work online and in person mel yes i do yeah i've got um lucky enough to have a sort of garden studio where i can see see clients at home um but for the most part i see clients online great fantastic which works really well. Mel, before we just wrap up, is there anything that we haven't covered, do you think? Or do you think we've pretty much covered everything that we plan to chat about? <laughs> yeah, it feels like um, I've been talking quite a long time. That's been um, fascinating. Yeah, it's really lovely actually to have the opportunity to um, to talk about my work because, uh, yeah, as I say, I feel like um, people definitely have a view that being a nutritionist is, is just um, dealing with diet and... Um, and it is so much more than that mm. no, I think um, the key and one thing I suppose I haven't mentioned is that I like to like work with clients on an ongoing basis I generally work with clients over a three or six month basis mm-hmm. because I really feel that that impacts on their um, on the results that they get and they definitely feel more motivated um, you know a particular client I'll just quickly mention her who is menopausal she um you know, wanted to basically optimise her health. She was carrying some extra weight that she didn't want around her, her middle, which is common in the in the perimenopausal, menopausal years. And, you know, it was just small changes that she's made that have made a, a massive in- difference to her. Um, and, you know, but, but she's checking in with me sort of once a month mm-hmm. to, to keep herself on track, really. Um, and just to keep herself motivated, she said, and able to ask me lots of questions as she goes. And, mm. You know, otherwise, if I see somebody once and I give them a protocol, you know, then it, it's not. Well, hopefully, I've inspired them enough to do it, but but I don't think they're going to have. It's going to have the longer term impact um, that working with clients on an ongoing basis does. So absolutely, so, that, yeah. that's good. It sounds yeah. much more supportive that way as well, because sometimes your yeah. motivation levels can dip, which is why coaching yeah. is so helpful. Definitely. Well, you know that's within your own field. Of Absolutely. Work, so. Too yeah. right, Mel. Well said. So, um, Mel, if I said to you, what does success mean to you? What What would you say? 
Well, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, success for me is being able to enjoy your family life um, or your career or whatever it is um, in as energized or vibrant and positive manner. And I yeah. believe that food and lifestyle medicine can really contribute to that. So I love yeah. that. Those words, energized and vibrant, it's sort of... Reminds me a little bit, as much as I hate to say it, of what Meghan Markle says, you know, it shouldn't just be about, you know, existing, it should be about thriving. Yes, yeah. for sure. I love that. I think so many of us are existing, um, you know, and and that's and it doesn't need to be like that. So You're making me feel very energised. I'm going to go and buy oh, some good. beans and nut butter and protein powder. <laughs> Probably have a very expensive day today. Um, and finally, Mel, where can we find you online? Yeah, so I've... Um, recently rebranded my website so it's melaniefloodnutrition.com mm -hmm. um and also i'm on instagram and facebook um i'm not sure when this will be put out but i was uh, the family health coach but i am actually going to change myself to melanie flood nutrition so nice um search for one or the other and you'll find me um Brilliant. yeah i'd love to connect with your followers um that'd be great amazing well i've honestly absolutely loved talking to you it's been a completely eye-opening experience in so many ways so thank you so much for coming on and for making such a complex subject so accessible oh well i hope i have and thank you so much for having me you're very welcome and hopefully see you very soon yeah lovely thank you Mel. you're welcome bye